Hello, and welcome back to The Fit Habit. This is Kara McGill. I'm your host, and this is episode number 14. Today, we're talking the amazing power of successful environments. So how to create an environment that sets you up for success, how your environment is designed to say a lot about you and how you feel and behave and the choices you make and who you are and how you can make your environment work for you. So a lot of today's podcast, I give credit to James Clear. This was a while ago. He had sent out one of his emails and it was all about environments and how it can really set you up for success. So a lot of the thoughts are his. And then what I've done is layered my own thoughts on it because he and I are certainly aligned with this regard. And I'll also throw in a little personal experience. I'll actually start the podcast off a little personal experience. So as most of you know, I used to live in Toronto and for the first, uh, I would say 20, 25 years of my life, well, when I say that, I mean, obviously not as a baby, but from a young child to about 25, 30, I practiced really, really unhealthy habits. I didn't really work out at all. I started working out, I would say sort of in my mid twenties, I was pretty fat. I was well, I was about 210 pounds at my heaviest. I think that was when I was 19. Exercise was not something I ever did. I mean, ever. Gym class was just abominable as far as I was concerned and I didn't even really like to move, I ate crap all the day long. Crap, 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 crap. Things that I shouldn't be eating that I didn't know better. I mean, I I knew potato chips and hamburgers weren't great for me, but I didn't even realize that gluten and sugar and all of these really high processed carbohydrates were, you know, really wreaking havoc on my body and on my mind and on my outlook on life because I just didn't know any better. My parents didn't know any better. I was eating the standard American diet in Canada, of course. We had it up there too. Um, so I really wasn't practicing great habits. And as a result, I was very large. I was a high school dropout. I was pretty unsuccessful at life in general. Then when I was uh, about early 20s or so, I just started jogging one day. And it was just kind of like a random thing. I guess I felt like I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I was probably in my mid-20s, actually. Maybe even my late 20s. My goodness, I could have been in my early 30s. I don't remember. I'm so old now. So I just, you know, strapped on a pair of shoes and started going for a jog. And I will never forget the first day that I did that because it was a horrible experience. And I had shin splints for such a long time after that. And I had I had like big baggy sweatpants on and a big baggy sweatshirt. I mean, I was just not dressed for running. It was a horrible experience, but I kept going. And then I uh, joined a gym and I started eating better. And the pounds really just did start to fall off simply because I had such a large margin of error to correct. So Little by little, bit by bit, my life started to change. But I was still a pretty, well, I smoked more than a pack a day. And I was, you know, going out to the bars and drinking. I was a bartender by trade. So after my shift every night, I would join my friends for beverages. And that was just sort of my MO. My life was not on a great trajectory. And I slowly started to change those things as well. But it really wasn't until the ripe old age of 36 years old when I moved from Toronto to California, Northern California, for uh, a job opportunity. And I came down here and I will say that my life did a 180 and 
I really kicked it up a notch from that point. I was very lonely when I moved down here because I did not know a soul. So in the area that I picked to live here in the peninsula, I noticed everybody was riding bikes and they were running and everybody was very active and outdoorsy. And I thought, well, if I'm going to meet anybody, then I need to, you know, sort of do as they do. So I actually started dating a guy when I first moved down here who was a big triathlete and he, in a very sort of snarky way, because he was kind of a snarky dude, uh, implied that I couldn't do what he did, a triathlon. And of course, one does not challenge me because one thing I am is very stubborn and pigheaded. So when he said I couldn't do it, I said, watch me. And I went out and bought myself a 10 speed, something I hadn't ridden since I was like 10, and uh, proceeded to do a half Ironman the following year. And that was really just the change in life that I needed. You know, I, I put all of those bad habits behind me. And even my friends that I've known for a long time in Toronto don't recognize me. I've really changed. And I would say that I wouldn't bank all of that on my move to California, but I will say that it was really the catalyst that I needed because I went from an environment and a social life where everybody smoked and everybody drank. And as you know, I love my wine. I'm not criticizing anybody who does that, but we all know smoking, smoking is not good for you. And it wasn't until I moved myself out of that environment that I realized, you know, that there was more out there for me and that there was just so many better things I could be doing for myself. So that's a little anecdotal example of the power of environment and how it really can change the quality of your life very, very powerfully. So to get back to what James uh, Clear says I'm going to read a little bit of his post. He says, environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. We tend to believe our habits are produced by our motivation, talent, and effort. Certainly, these qualities matter. But the surprising thing, especially over a long period of time, your personal characteristics tend to get overpowered by your environment. And as I just explained to you, that could not be more true. So in my own life, my environment has formed the way I ate as a kid, as I mentioned, and I was very fat. I... It shaped how I succeeded in academics, which was not at all. I think I may have mentioned in previous posts that I was not a very good student when I was a kid at all. And it wasn't until uh, I dropped out of high school and then returned back to it that I realized I was actually quite smart and bright. It's also shaped how I spent my time, which was in front of the TV when I was a kid, because there was nothing else to do. My parents were busy immigrants working their butts off. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of after school activities and whatnot. And then also the influence of my family and friends around those bad choices of smoking and drinking and, you know, dating ridiculous boys and skipping school, that sort of thing. So, you know, the opportunities were presented to me and I had the resources at my disposal to pick very bad choices nine times out of 10. And that's exactly what I did because not that I was any less intelligent or less motivated or anything like that, but I'm a human being and we are biologically program to pick the path of least resistance. And usually the path of least resistance has negative consequence or else, you know, nobody would do it. So that's sort of where I was. I was not a successful kid. It wasn't my choice. It wasn't necessarily my fault, but ultimately I made those choices and I took ownership of them and I changed them one by one. And then as uh, I moved here to California, I was able to really just sort of purge whatever remaining bad habit that I had from that point. 
But I would have made better choices earlier on, definitely, if I were down here much sooner or if I had grown up in a better environment. So, you know, I think it's true of anyone in life. And I think it's true of any culture or demographic that grows up with less opportunity. You know, if, if, non-optimal choices are always what's available to you. You're always going to pick a non-optimal choice. And I say that because I have compassion for people that have made bad choices in life because they didn't have opportunity to pick better choices. And it's not until I was an adult and on my own and, and capable of making better choices and had the resources available to me that I made better choices. So, you know, with anything that I say or with anything I, I teach that has to do with making better choices or that has to do with moving all of you away from less desirable behaviors. It always comes from a place of compassion. I hope you realize that knowing that all of the lessons that I teach you are things that I've had to learn myself. So going back to James Clear, he talks about three ways to have control of your environment and have it serve you and your choices. And his first point is to automate good decisions wherever possible. So design an environment that makes good decisions for you. For example, buying smaller plates can help you, you know, eat with smaller portions. And a study at Cornell actually did prove this. People ate 22% less food by switching from a 12-inch diameter plate to a 10-inch diameter plate. Similarly, using software to block social media sites, I've done this myself, can overcome procrastination by putting your willpower on autopilot um, at points where I've needed to concentrate because I do have a ridiculous habit when I'm trying to do deep work and hard thought-provoking work. Uh, my brain hurts, so I pop over to the Facebook news feed just to you know take a break. And I can't recall the name of the software program right now, but there is something you can install on your computer that will take the news feed from Facebook away. So just Google it, Facebook feed remover, and it will come up. It's a, it's a Chrome plugin. Um, here are some other ideas that, oh, actually I'll wait for a minute to get down to some of the other ideas that I've used personally to help myself build my environment, supports the habits that you know are good for me. So the second thing that he mentions is to get into the flow, set up good habits to get into the flow of your normal behaviors. For example, if you want to practice a musical instrument, you could place it in the middle of the living room. I do this personally with my yoga mat and it's always down screaming at me to be used. Similarly, if you are more likely to go to the gym, if it's literally on the way home from work, then you are to go to a gym if it's only five minutes away, but it's in the opposite direction of your commute. Again, this is why I opt to work out at home. For a small investment, I have everything I need to get a great workout in at home, and I eliminate the need for a commute, for communal the sweat factor, which I just think is gross, and crowds, which I hate, and I always get it done in 30 minutes. So for me, working out is never really a time issue. Whenever possible, design your habits so that they fit into the flow of your current patterns. This is huge. Guys, I talk to you all the time about how I work out six to seven days a week. Now, not all of those are intense workouts, but I rarely, rarely ever skip a workout because it's so easy for me. Literally, guys, I have like six sets of barbells or dumbbells in my my bedroom and a yoga mat and one of those balls, like exercise balls and one kettlebell. 
And that's it. That's all I have. Oh, and like some exercise bands. And then the rest of it, it's mostly beach body on demand that I do. Or, you know, there's uh, lots of different online programs out there. I just particularly lean towards that one. But I do it all at home and it's so much easier. I hate working out in gyms. Eek, dream killers. So the third thing that he mentions is subtracting the negative influences. You can make it easier to avoid unhealthy foods by storing them in less visible places. Foods that are placed at eye level tend to be purchased and eaten more frequently. That's a point for being in the grocery store. Even better, don't buy them. So my husband has what I call feet chips. They're actually like a, it's a Mexican Dorito and they smell like feet and they taste like feet, but they're salty and crunchy. So I will eat them if they're in the house. So I always insist that he keeps them away from me. I think he stores them in the garage. Can't be totally sure about that. Also, design your social situation so they aren't centered around food and alcohol. Meet friends for hikes and shopping trips and spa appointments or just get your nails done together. It really does make a huge difference. I need to do more of this. Steer clear of people who want to sabotage. Those are the ones that are calling you out at a party when you're not drinking or, you know, making fun of you for ordering salad and everybody else is getting burgers and pizza. Stay steer clear for those people because really what they are trying to do is justify their own bad behaviors and misery love company. So we are quick to blame our environment when things go poorly. So this is around understanding where your environment plays a role in your life and whether or not you are actively in control of your choices or behaving more as a victim. So for example, if you lose a job, it's because the economy sucks. Or if you lose a game, it's because the efficient was bad. Or if you're late to work, it's because traffic was insane. Like, I mean, these are things that are in the environment and they're not all working against you. When we win, however, we ignore that the environment completely. If you land a job, it's because you were talented and likable. And if you win a game, it's because you played better. And if you're early for a meeting, it's because you're organized and pumped. It's important to realize that environment drives our good behavior as well as our bad ones. People who seem to, to stick to good habits with ease are often benefiting from environments that make those behaviors easier. Meanwhile, some people who struggle to succeed could be fighting an uphill battle against their environment. What often looks like a lack of willpower is actually just the result of a poor environment. And really, it's the exhaustion, and there's a lot of research around this right now, uh, the exhaustion of constantly having to make good choices that starts to whittle away your quote unquote willpower over the course of a day to the point where by the end of the day, you know, you're sitting on the couch eating all the chips and drinking all the wine because you've, you're just exhausted from making good habits all day long. But if you set your environment up appropriately and strategically, you're not going to get that decision exhaustion. Life is a game, and if you want to be guaranteed better results overall and a sustained period of time, the best approach is to play the game in an environment that favors you. Winners often win because their environment makes winning easier, and that's another piece of James' writing. So I've got a bunch of environmental tips that I have for you that will help you set up your environment. I mean, this this list could go on ad nauseum because I've given a lot of thought to this, but in, in terms of my own life, not necessarily just this list. But here's just a few. The first one I would say, this is powerful and something very doable that everybody can do, automate your grocery list. So for example, when I go to Trader Joe's, I know 
I have like literally created a tread on the floor of Trader Joe's of exactly where I go. I know where all the healthy food is that I like to buy on a weekly basis. I tend to buy the same food all the time. Most of us do. So don't think of yourself, oh, that's really boring. And I, it takes me 10 minutes to get in and out of there. And I rarely go by the treat aisles. So I'm never, ever tempted to try new things. Better yet, if you are one of those people that is really has a tendency to go down the, the potato chip aisle, get your groceries auto ship from Amazon. They're doing a great job of Amazon Fresh and you can avoid crap altogether. I do that with clothes now and with Target. I rarely go into the stores and I ergo end up not buying a bunch of crap that I don't need. I get it all shipped to me. And if I don't like it or if I want to return it, I ship it back. I don't even go into malls anymore. It's such a waste of time. Auto ship things like supplements, meal replacement shakes. If you know you're slacking, they'll start to pile up so you won't let that happen. I get my Shakeology auto shipped. I get my vitamin D and my probiotics and a whole bunch of things auto shipped. We also get Quest Bar auto shipped because we go through them like crazy. Create a home gym, as I mentioned. So I think I'm going to do a post on how to create a home gym because it's really not that difficult and it will pay dividends. Make your bedding, make the, the whole act of going to bed more exciting. So invest in really good bedding. You know, make your bedroom the retreat that it deserves to be. You know, make a little ritual around it. And when you, you know, get underneath those covers at the end of the night, make it the most pleasurable experience of the day. I do the same thing every night. I'm exhausted. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to bed. And when I go to bed, that's my husband's cue to play with the dogs up in the bedroom. And we kind of talk as I get ready for bed. And then I get myself into bed and he's playing, you know, toss with the ball, uh, balls for the dogs. And I say the same thing every night when I pull back the covers and climb in. I say, oh, bed. I love bed. I love bed. I love sleeping. If I could do it all the time, I would. <laughs> I've heard this, this saying before, sleep in your workout clothes. Personally, I don't do that. I don't think that's very comfortable. But if that works for you, if it's one less decision, then it's a big automation process if you want to work out in the morning. Meal prep is huge, folks. I talk about it all the time. If you can just get yourself together and collect it on a Sunday, it makes the rest of your week smooth as butter in terms of what you're going to eat because you've got it all planned out. Have smoothies in the morning. I get into this habit, especially during the week when I'm working, because smoothies take no time to make. And, you know, the smoothies that I personally make, my Shakeology smoothies, there's a ton of superfoods in there and I add more to it. And, you know, when I have that in the morning, I'm not hungry until noon. And I have a couple of hard boiled eggs with it. And it's just a really great start to the morning because you're getting so many nutrients in and it just sets you up on the right path. And of course, you know, hard boiled eggs all the time, all the day long. Always have Quest bars on hand. Don't keep wine in the house. Buy bottles as you need them. Don't center your vacations around loafing around and eating food. Oh, it's kind of funny, actually, because I have a couple of vacations coming up in there. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. Center them around hiking or exploring a new city or a spa. Okay, to be quite honest, I don't really like doing that too much. I, I, I like the idea of centering a vacation around a spa, but I'm not a huge fan of exploring cities anymore. I've done that so much in my life. Now I just kind of want to go lay by a pool. But I do sort of balance that with not you know, eating and drinking like a crazy person. What I actually do is avoid all-inclusive resorts because I find it, when you stay at an all-inclusive resort, you just, 
go haywire on the consumption. So we're going to Cabo in two weeks and we're staying in a place that's not all inclusive, but it's very nice. And I plan not to overindulge. Wear workout clothes as much as possible and invest in really cute stuff. I do wear workout clothes most of the time. I, you know, work out in them and then I have a shower and I put new fresh workout clothes on and hang out the rest of the day in it. But I find that I'm more inclined to move around and stretch and maybe do air squats and walk around and take the dogs for a longer walk if I'm in comfortable clothing and in clothing that I feel inspired in. Have rules like no food on the couch or in the car, etc. If you have little sort of mental rules that you set up for yourself, you'd be surprised how much those will save you. And it'll save that period of negotiation you have in your mind as to whether or not you should be eating in the car or on the couch or anything like that. If it's just something that you don't do, you will get into a habit around that. And then have a pair of walking shoes at your desk at work. I do. I find that I'm always sitting at work. Even though I have a stand-up desk, I have a hard time concentrating when I'm standing. So I do sit most of the day, but I have a comfortable pair of shoes that, you know, if I have half an hour, I will go out and walk around the campus and just, you know, get some sunshine and and let my legs stretch for a bit. So those are just a couple of things that are personal to my life. Other things that I do, I've recently joined Class Pass, which is sort of the antithesis of what I do with my workouts at home. With Class Pass, you pay a certain amount of money and then you get a certain amount of workouts, class workouts allotted to you. So I pay, I think like $65 and I get five classes. But if you don't use those five classes, then you just go away and you wasted your $65. So it's a good motivation. And it also gets me out of the house and keeps things interesting. So I've been experimenting with that lately and I find that it works for me. So, you know, the biggest takeaway I have here is that you really need to know yourself. I know what my weaknesses are. I know what my go-to poor habits are. So I really do my best to work around those. And I, I find it really, really helpful. So maybe some of these discussions have inspired you. I hope so. And if you have any questions, feel free to head over to the blog and leave a comment. I'm happy to chat with you over there or join me on Facebook at thefithabit.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and leave me a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. And other than that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will see you next Sunday. Toodles.